All right, walk through an exercise with me real quick. Let's say it's about 11.30 in the morning, about lunchtime. You're starting to get hungry. You have no leftovers. You don't really want to make something. So you're going to take a walk down the street and go find some food. Where are you going? It's my guess that one of the first things you think of is the subject of today's show. So without further ado, we're going to get into it on this authentic avenue. Chipotle. Everybody knows Chipotle. And today I get to look at the brand through the influencer lens. I'm on with Adam Ornelas, who's their social media and influencer strategist. He's a third of the social team for the boss of the burrito in bowl. And today we talk all about how they use influencers the best from the biggest of the big to the more micro players. I've been fascinated about this because I see Chipotle literally all over social. I don't care whether it's a social post or an influencer post or a video or sponsorship, whatever it is, there is so much going on. So I'm glad I got to harness that lightning for a little bit on today's show, as well as learn more about, if I were an influencer, how the heck I could work with Chipotle. More on that, plus how to best use influencers from the brand side. And if you listen all the way through to the end, you get Adam's order. Everybody's got their own order, and so we make sure to cover that topic as well. Hopefully it makes you hungry. I know it made me hungry. So for now, sit back, relax, pull up some chips and guac, and listen in as I get real with Chipotle and Adam Ornelas. The brand I'm on with today needs no introduction. Everybody knows, especially if you're in the world of influencers, you know what Chipotle is. If you're not in the world of influencers, if you don't know what Chipotle is, what the hell are you doing? So I'm here with Adam Ornelas from Chipotle. We're going to talk about the world of social, the world of influencer. Adam, great name. Good to have you. How are you? Adam, I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me. Also, yeah, shout out to you. Uh, Great name as well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's great. I was born with it. It's wonderful. So, okay. We, first off, the first thing I got to do is explain to our audience what's what's going on here because um, you have just been so moving at a thousand miles an hour that we had to schedule this first Saturday and that's that's a first for me and it's just reflective of how much you all do and while I can't wrap that up in a neat bow maybe you can so rather than just say oh Adam covers influencer and social there's so much more than that what 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 is the all-encompassing job of managing influencer for Chipotle look like? Yeah, for sure. So part of my role as a social media and influencer strategist at Chipotle, I'm one of three people uh, who handle all of those components for the company internally. We work with two agencies day-to-day. Uh, one is our, 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 our social agency of record, um, day one. And the other is RQ, our influencer agency, a lot of production that we do. If you've seen us do any of the custom Chipotle-fied uh, gifts we've given some of our famous friends, the Dobrik Claw Machine, the the, sure. the Big Sean champagne bottles of vinaigrette, um, that's, that's who helps me with that. Uh, and they also help work as a relationship brokerage, uh, if you would. But uh, a lot of what we do just spans across more than just our own campaigns. We're helping a lot with the brand campaigns, menu launches. Uh, we're helping with any new launches in the app. If there's new features that are going on, like group ordering or roundup features for phil- philanthropies, um, we're doing that as well. Uh, but we're constantly keeping our heads on a on a swivel for what's happening in pop culture um, and all in all different parts of it. Uh, we're lucky that we have. And this is something that I'm, I'm super proud of with this with this company is we have diverse people with diverse interests, a diverse set of interests. Uh, we've got folks who uh, are super into vlog culture, into streetwear, 
uh, I'm I'm super into sports and podcasts, uh, and 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 what's the latest show on Netflix? You've got folks who are really into comedy, uh, meme culture, um, and having that allows us to kind of play and be aware of what's going on in different parts of the zeitgeist. Um, so we're able to move quick on trends. Identif- First, we're able to identify trends fast and then move quick on them. Um, super nimble. I think total, if you count our agencies, our internal team in in, in California, and then um, our social listening team, I think there's like 17 of us total um, who are all part of the different parts of an activation and strategy and whatnot. Uh, but it's fun. It's it's a lot of fun. It's 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 probably the fastest I've ever moved in my career. And we've done you know I've done a, done a lot this year, especially with everything going digital first through the pandemic. Uh, we've definitely stayed busy. Back to your original point is you know Monday through Friday we're probably working on two to three different campaigns along with projects that we have that uh, uh, longer planning out longer term projects. Um, but we pivot quick, we execute quick, um, and we've got just one of the like the one of the best groups of folks uh, in the game when it comes to creative strategy, collaboration, and desire to just be be first and be fast and and be authentic in everything that we do. Well, I'd say that you move crazy fast because I see Chipotle everywhere, and I don't know exactly how many like employees Chipotle has. I mean, I know that like in every restaurant, they got, you know, got a whole team. I'm talking about corporate. A quick search on LinkedIn shows like probably well over a thousand just in that LA area where, where y'all are based or the Newport area. Um, so uh, forgive the perhaps ignorant question, but like how the hell do they expect just three people to do all that? It's uh, It takes a village. So we, we are the three people who work on it internally, but we couldn't do everything that we do without like our agency partners are, are, like I said, our day one agency is the agency of record for social. Uh, they are, we, we look at them and our queue and, and social listening team They're I mean, they're internal, so they are our teammates, but we look at our agencies as, as part of our team. We couldn't get the stuff done without those, the agency help. And even cross-functionally across the marketing department and beyond that, Everyone's got a really great attitude of rolling our sleeves up and getting things done. Um, definitely has a bit of a startup mentality, even though it's a you know it's a ma- it's a big corporation. Um, and I think total, I think there's actually a little under a thousand corporate employees total. Um, we have an office in 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 Ohio in Columbus, which is where our social listening team is based. Um, I, there's a good amount of folks there, hundreds, and then out in Newport Beach. Uh, I'd say between like three and 500, maybe I could be wrong, but yeah, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot. Um, but I think, you know, without having the strength of that team, um, and like the desire to just continuously push the envelope and be first, I don't know if it could be done. Yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking to myself like that. It just must take a village now. Explain to me some of the the ways in which you all use influencers specifically. I mean, that's that's the little focus of the subseries of the show that I'm talking about right now. But how do you use them most effectively? Because I, I I see influencers used all over the place, and I know that there are plenty of different ways in which you do it. I, I see the, of course, just like more generic influencer posts. I see the thing with the celebrity cards, which I believe that you have more specialized expertise in. Um, from the biggest influencers of the big to the maybe not biggest in the world, how, 
how do you use them to the best of Chipotle's ability? Totally. So the first thing we look at whenever we're working with with anyone, and it doesn't matter if they're a superstar athlete, musician, or if they are the up and coming creator of the month in TikTok, is are they legitimate Chipotle fans? That's the lens we look through first and foremost, and. You know, of course, especially in, in, in influencers partnership land, everyone, you know, you'll get a million emails a day, a week of agents and managers pitching you talent. And you can tell pretty quick if someone's just looking to secure a bag or if they're actually legit fans. So we look at that and we have a few different ways of evaluating that. Have they talked about us before? Um, do their fans know if they like Chipotle? Uh, what does their content look like? Is there, are there other brands there that we don't really want to put our content next to or have they already showed an affinity for a, another brand? Um, so that's the first lens, right? And uh, from there, the key is, and it's, 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 it's simple, it's easy, but it's hard. It's not always the easiest thing for companies to enact. They really have to want to do that, do this, which is we give our creators... Uh, guardrails, but we don't give them marching orders necessarily. So when I go to uh, a David Dobrik, for instance, and we have an idea for a campaign, we give them the creative guidelines or like around, I'm sorry, guardrails of like, you know, what not to say, what to highlight. Um, we have some messaging anchor points, I call them like these, this can't change in how you deliver it. But we bring them into the creative process from the get go and kind of mold that activation together and say, look, we're coming to you because you know your audience, you're good at what you do. We don't want to change it and make it feel like, you know, a complete ad. We want this to be fun and in your style in a way that is authentic to the style of content that you make. So here's here's your here are your guardrails. Here's the three key points we need you to do, but let's build this together in real time so that you're excited about it once you do it. And we're excited about it as well. Got it. Okay. So here's what here's why I'm asking this, because I'm trying to piece this together a little bit. This show uh, over its life and over my life and podcasting in this space has normally been about a couple things. One, if you're like a founder or a brand builder, how do you do it well? But then for this one, I also have this side interest. And though I don't have many big influencers, at least I don't think listening to this podcast, maybe they should. I, I'm curious as to, all right, if I'm trying to make it as an influencer. And I know that there are plenty of people. I feel like, you know, what I may have been told as a kid, because I, you know, I, I had ambitions of, of acting, right? Oh, I want to go to Hollywood and act. And you're like, you know, what do your parents say? They say, well, there's a million people out there trying to do it. You know, it's, it, it's, it's very difficult. Well, I think the world of probably becoming an influencer is becoming not, maybe not as many as actors, but similar. So I'm always looking for an edge. It's like, all right, if I'm going to become an influencer and I want to work with blank, in this case, if I want to work with Chipotle, what in the world do I have to do to get myself on that radar? And so it seems with a couple of the conversations that I've been having that it's, all right, if you want to work with somebody, you, you, you better damn acknowledge way before they ever reach out to you or you reach out to them or whatever, that you like them. Otherwise, it's pretty much pay for play. Otherwise, it's not going to be as authentic. That that seems to ring true to you. Would you agree with that? Yeah, for the most part. Like if they don't have anything immediately on their content, that's they're not necessarily a deal breaker, but when we have those conversations with them or their management team, it's pretty obvious who is a true fan and who's not. Yep, that makes that makes sense to me. All right, so now what that's led to uh, through this sort of conscious filtering of creators or, or anybody that you work with, whether it be an athlete, a movie star or whatever, you have people who, for the most part, are 
outspoken as to their love of Chipotle, whether they're doing it frequently or, or infrequently prior to you working with them. Um, you've been able to see a lot of the different activations that have resulted. Any favorites? Oh, I probably have a few. I really enjoyed the David Dobrik uh, Teen Vogue digital prom after party that we did where we gave away a $25,000 scholarship with him live on Instagram Live. That was cool. That's sick. What makes him, can I, can I hold on for a second? What, what everybody I talk to is like, well, they think about like the pinnacle influencer. It, his name always comes up and I watch his stuff. Well, I, I mean, I have watched it all. He hasn't really done a whole lot since March, but like, at least not in his formal capacity. What makes, what do you think makes him so magnetic? And from a brand perspective, so great to work with. I think he's approachable. He understands how, he understands content, right? So he understands what his, his it, what his followers like that he does what he what they don't like he's quick to kill ideas that he feels are unauthentic that are inauthentic to who he is um he's he's got like a i think everyone's got like a david in their friend group where he's approachable lighthearted uh isn't going to isn't going to ever like stir the waters in a, at all like rock the boat um and he just wants to have fun i kind of see him sometimes as like being this YouTube, uh, Gen Z, baby millennial type of Rob Deerdeck in a way of like like his his life is a giant fantasy factory I think and he's sure having, right yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah. having fun in it he's helping people he uses a lot of his platform for good and so I think that's I think those are the, the key things and he's he's got a good team around him um, so yeah he's he and he 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 knows how to authentically spread his following and his his influence um, onto new platforms. You know, he got big, I, I believe, and I could be wrong here, but I believe it was Vine and then YouTube or, or one of the back, one of those, either interchangeable, I'm pretty sure it was Vine. And then YouTube, yeah, and then YouTube. A moment I think, of it, was, I think it was Vine, Vine too, yeah. Okay, we're back. And then YouTube and then obviously Instagram um, and, and now TikTok. Uh, so he knows... He's very smart when it comes to navigating those platforms and how he how he appears on them. Well, I agree. And and I've been a fan of his content. I think that's a really wise comparison to say, well, he's got his own sort of ridiculousness as it were, you know. He's his generation's yeah. dear dick. And totally. you know, who, however else you want to put it. Um anyways, I, I'm glad that I'm glad that I interrupted you there, but anyway, so as you were saying, it's going to be a good plug for David. I, you know, I'll see if I can send it to him. Maybe he'll come on the show and, and explain <laughs> his side of it later. Uh, but anyway, why, why don't you go back? Uh, uh, you're talking, you were talking about some of your favorite activations. That is, of course, one. I'll try to find a link for that. And listeners, I'll put it in the show notes. Are, are there some others? Yeah, for sure. So another one that we did was we were the first brand to do branded live stream concerts and content during the quarantine. So back in March, right when people were really starting to batten down the hatches, we went all in on... Chipotle live streams. We call them Chipotle together. And we worked with uh, different musicians like Love, Sasha Sloan. Uh, I'm a huge Cascade fan. We got to work with Cascade, uh, Luke Bryan. Um, I'm trying to think. <laughs> Rob Gronkowski did a workout like comedy bit with one of his friends. Um, I'm trying to think. We also did some fitness content with Matt Frazier and uh, Tia Tia Claire Toomey from uh, CrossFit, Christian Pulisic, the great American hope in international soccer. He did a QA. and um, We had a few of those, but we were the first ones to really jump in there. And then we 
we we knew when to pivot away from it. Um, and then we tried doing it on, on Twitch. We did it with Twitch uh, for a Diplo's album release. He did he streamed his album with us the night that it was released on Twitch and we gave away burritos. He's another person who's a huge fan. He's awesome to work with and has a great team around him. Um, loves Chipotle. Uh, him and Cascade both. Um, and so those are ones that stack out, stand out to me, um, especially because I'm, I'm fans of their music. I'm trying to think what else. We did... We worked with, um, we did Guac Mode in February, which feels like a lifetime ago now. Guac Mode was an activation that we did where whoever became a loyalty member uh, before the, like within the first year of the loyalty program being a thing. And I believe, I forgot what day it is in February, but um, before, let's just say it was February 8th, my birthday. That wasn't it, but we'll say it was that. Um, if it was before that time, and you signed up for royal, uh, loyalty, you became a founding member and you were getting for every month for a year, we would surprise you with a free order of guac dropped into your account one day a year, one day in every month for a year. Damn. So we worked with David on that. We worked with Mr. Beast on that. Um, and it was fun. It was, a, it was a lot of fun getting people on to, uh, it was a fun way to, 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 to get people uh, in, on the on the loyalty program and work with these influencers with call to action. Wow, that just and so uh, listeners, you can hear this. I mean, we we just went through several minutes of different examples of the many ways in which you know you, you can use uh, you know take advantage of influencers, leverage platforms, different different sects of interest from music to gaming, all this different kind of stuff. Um, I'm shocked you have any time to sleep, but let me uh, let me turn this into one one ask for advice. I got two more questions for you. All right, one's about advice and one is um, one is not about advice. All right, I'll just keep it there. First one's about advice. I, I do, I do. After all, do plenty of these shows to um, to learn more about brands and specifically, you know, offer takeaways to those who are building them up themselves. So, you know, as somebody who is sitting in the center of like a uh, an amazing uh, brand that takes advantage of the zeitgeist, as you said towards the beginning of this. Um, what would be your advice to them as to how to build a, a kick-ass program like this, whether socially or involving influencers? Like, what are some of the the foundational aspects that you think people maybe overlook that they need to pay attention to more? Or what are your general best practices? For sure. So I think, especially for small to mid-sized companies who are still trying to figure it out and want to get in the game, if they're like, we just can't pay people, really really focus on the gifting element because who doesn't like gifts, right? People love gifts. I love gifts. Think about those moments whenever you get a package, you come home from a long day and you get a package and you can't wait to open it. And maybe it's the, the shoes you wanted or, or, or whatever, right? A book you wanted. Um, really focus on the gifting element. And you'd be surprised how, you know, f- when you seek out people, gift, make that gifting experience really fun, endear yourselves with them, to them through that experience. Um, and I don't think you always need, you know, to pay these people, pay people like, of course, pay people with their worth when you can, but if you're just starting up, you, a lot of people, places don't have those big budgets to do, to do that. And that's a way that I think is a, is a great way in. Um, also don't be afraid. I don't, I don't, we don't think that followings like it's part of the equation, but it's not the end all be all metric that we use. You don't have to be having, working with people with a million followers every time. If you can, great. But there's something special about working with folks beneath that and different different interest verticals because those folks, those people's following, say they're following 
uh, Jeff, who has 40,000 followers, uh, and you, and you, like his followers know him and say he's a fitness, uh, a fitness expert, uh, biohacking, whatever it is, the people following him are listening to what that person says. Right. And that is, you know, 40,000 folks, I mean, you know, it's always a percentage of that, regardless of how big the, the following is, but they, they're actively looking and turning to this person for advice as compared to, you know, somebody who might have millions and millions and millions who has a big, a net, um, but maybe they're not getting as much of an activated, uh, an engaged audience. Um, again, there's a lot of nuance there, but that's something to keep in mind that the number, don't let that always dictate what you do. Look for authenticity in folks and how, it, how, it, how, how their content, them as a, they as a person um, reflect your ideals or, you know, are aligned with whatever you're trying to create and sell and, and, and get out to folks. I think that's a big thing. Um, don't be afraid to say no. I think too many times brands say yes to paying too much or, or just want to throw money at who, at whomever. Um, because they think it's, you know, I, I, a lot of, a lot of brands have, have, have inflated the prices for creators because they don't do their, their homework on, how much this person is actually should or could be. Um, I think it's okay to say no. You don't have to work with every single person. I think I think those are the main ones. When you get people, especially like you said, the the, the smaller and mid-sized companies, it's wild to see some of these companies explode the way they have. I think ones that come to me are Vital Proteins. On it is a great one. Uh, I'm thinking fitness and and and, and health and wellness because my f- past life before Chipotle was Whole Foods. Um, and we worked a lot with these different folks and brands and influencers in the space. But a lot of these brands really have have done a really good job of growing with some some of their ambassadors, their influencers, and growing together. And as that person's following grows, you know, theirs, their that brands has got has grown as well. I think Vital Proteins just signed Jennifer Aniston to like a chief creative officer role, which is wild. That is wild. It's nuts. Yeah. And I remember when they were just starting out. And how they were getting into stores and Whole Foods and working with smaller influencers, and now they're at the pinnacle when it comes to working with big talent, and not just in like a like post about this product thing, but somebody who's actually helping them from a creative angle, which is huge. Um, also, bring them into the process. I think bringing bringing creators into the process early um, is is key, right? So, like almost we almost have like these. I, like run throughs we have where we run through the concept with them with with the creator high level messaging like i said um give them like the the guardrails but then we workshop that activation together so we know what it looks like from the moment it launches and we feel good about it um and i think it always goes back to don't be lame and don't and if 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 one mantra we have is uh why share why care so what like think about think about creating content that you would want to share and that you would care about because if you don't care you care about it you're not going to share it and your customers probably won't either so why share why care um but i think i think that's those are those some some key points when working with with creators um of any size don't be lame why share why care these are all great for both probably a content creator and a brand as well and if David Dobrik or Jennifer Anderson ever listens to this podcast, I'll be sure <laughs> to uh, to ask them to come on and share their perspective. But all right, Adam, got to finish with this last one because everybody's particular about this. Overly particular, I think, in some cases. Everybody's got a specific Chipotle order. I've got mine. What is yours? Oh, I love this. I love this question. Uh, okay, so 
I do a salad. No rice, no beans, extra veggies, double chicken. Sometimes I'll do half chicken, half carnitas, but it's usually double chicken. What do you say about the half and half? Do they always give you more if you do half and half, like unintentionally? I think they do. I, I think it depends on the on the crew member who's putting it together and, and, uh, <laughs> and, and how generous they're feeling. Um, I just like the different flavors and the carnitas. If you ever do like carnitas and chicken, uh, the carnitas are just juicier by nature and it just has a whole different flavor element. It brings out the best of both, I think. Um, but it's usually, so yeah, salad, no rice, no beans, extra veggies, either half carnitas, half chicken or double chicken. I'll do extra mild. I'll do uh, cheese. I'll do corn salsa. I'll do a side of sour cream. I like to occasionally put a little bit in there and dip it here and there. I like controlling the sour cream intake. Fair enough. I'll do sometimes guacamole if I'm feeling myself, if I'm like really feeling it. <laughs> and uh, I'm making sure, oh, the, the vinaigrette on the side as well. So I like to kind of leave it in my control of how much I put in there. Okay. And that's it. Yeah, that's that's it. I don't I grew up with with hot food in New Mexico. So people always ask me, like, why don't you like the spicy? Is it too hot? I'm like, no, not really. I just love the fresh, like all the salsas are good, but my favorite one is definite favorite two are the are mild and corn. I just love the sweetness, the cilantro flavor. It's awesome. Yeah, I go I go uh, mild as well. Um, double chicken, the smart guy. I, I, I do the double chicken. I think that well, I, I do double chicken with like most meals that I get if it's offered. Um, but I do that. I do normally opt for the guac. If I, if I had been a part of that guac mode, that would have been cool, but I, uh, I do it anyway. So, um, anyway, I just had to ask, I'm glad to get it from you. I'll try it myself. And, uh, once again, thank you for coming on. hundred percent, man. Thank you so much. As I said on the interview, I think double chicken's a good move. I just try to get as much as I can into the bowl or to the wrap. Do you? I mean, we might be alike in that. Let me know if that's your style too. Thanks, Adam, and thanks to you, the listener, for tuning into our show today. If you like what you heard, here's a couple things that you can do. First, head on over to wherever you listen to this podcast. Give me a subscription, a rating, and a review. If you do that on Apple Podcasts, I'll read it at the top of a subsequent show. And you can also find me elsewhere on social, LinkedIn, and TikTok mostly. I'll start with LinkedIn. Adam Connor, of course, personally and professionally at Authentic avenue also having a little bit of fun over there on tiktok at authentic adam a mix of the two and then finally of course very professionally very zipped up on email adam at authentic where you can talk more about this show give me a suggestion for next time or if you've been thinking about putting together a podcast for your business whether it be in brand development or recruiting or executive pod files it's a new one for me i'd be happy to talk about it with you this has been your host adam connor saying until i get real again with you thanks for taking a walk with me down Authentic Avenue.